0: I'm going to imagine that you guys are in this breakout because you want to hear from God. You believe even maybe even to a certain extent that the Bible is important, but probably for most of you, there's some kind of barrier in the way, right? How many of you guys would say that's true? Like there's something that maybe keeps you from either understanding God's word or spending time in God's word. There's, there's a struggle there. Okay. So, Here's how I want to start out. I want, I want you guys to kind of give me what some of those are, all right? And I will, I will bet that whatever yours is, somebody else shares in the room, all right? So you may have to put yourself out there a little bit, but I would imagine there's probably some common struggles that, that all of us face, some kind of disconnect there when it comes to reading God's word. So what are some of the ones that you face? What keeps you from spending time in God's word? Yeah. Okay. All right. So just life experiences, struggles in your life, okay? What else? Yeah. Okay. So, like, just being busy? Just a lot of stuff on your plate? Okay. What else? Yeah. Okay. So, you distractions? Okay. That's good. Sam? Okay. That's good. Yeah, Kate. Okay, just consistency. All right, yeah. Okay, so reading it and then go, wait, what did I just read? All right, yeah, I've been there for sure. Anything else? Yeah, go ahead. Wow. Okay. Well, we're glad you're here. So it's just, all of this is new. Okay. Hallie. I think, like, sometimes you read in the Bible what a godly person looks like, and instead of it being encouraging, you doubt yourself and be like, oh, like, I'm not doing that. Okay. Okay. So, whatever insecurity, shame, feeling like you don't measure up to what you're reading about. Okay? Man, that's good. Thank you guys for your honesty. I know, especially right out of the gate, like, hey, you're in a room, what, so what do you struggle with, you know? Um, so thank you guys for being willing to, uh, to share that. And I, and I think that pretty much covered most, if not all, of the struggles. I mean, I, and, and some of the ones that I've heard before and even dealt with myself is like, I, I don't know where to begin. Like, is it like a normal book? Do I just start in Genesis and just start reading? Um, understanding it sometimes, you know, a lot of times based on whatever version you've got. You're reading it, and you're like, what the crap is this even saying, right? So you don't, just even a lack of clarity of, of understanding what it's talking about. Um, there's all kinds of things. D- just feeling overwhelmed with it just feels like too big of a task. There's too much business. There's too much going on in my life. I don't have time to be able to do that. Um, so here's the thing. I think all of us, you're in this room. Um, either you didn't want to walk very far, and so this is the closest one. So you came in here. That may be true. But Probably all of you or most of you walked into this room because you want to hear from God. Like you want to hear God speak to you. You know that it's value, valuable. You believe that there's importance there. Um, the problem is for a lot of us is we just don't, don't ever pick this up. So we want to hear from God, but we never spend any time reading God's word for all of the reasons that you just mentioned. And this, here's, here's why that's such a big deal. Because God can speak to us in different ways, and he does do that. But the primary way that God speaks to us is through this and through our time, spending, our, our time spent with him reading this. So if we're not reading this, then it's hard for us to really have a lot of those moments where God is, is speaking clearly to us. Um, I said this last week, and I, and I really believe this, and I think it's in your notes. Is that one of the greatest lies that the enemy has convinced, I think your generation more than any other generation, is to be apathetic towards ignorant of, and dismissive of the Bible. To be apathetic towards it, to not really even care, man, does this really matter or not? Man, does it really matter? I've got six of them at home, or you know, they're collecting dust on a bookshelf, they're on the floorboard of my car. Like, I've got it, but I don't really care. To be ignorant of what it's saying, or ignorant of the the power that it holds in our life, and then even to be dismissive of it. I mean, maybe you've experienced some skeptics who look and go, man, you're a moron if you believe the stuff in that book. And so maybe for whatever reason, we're dismissive of it. We're apathetic. And so the enemy has done a really good job of convincing your generation more than any other generation of those things. And the reason, when we are ignorant of what God's word says, what the Bible says, and we're apathetic about that, then the enemy has got us right where he wants us. And we're blinded from the truth, and the truth can't take root in our lives. And the impact of that is catastrophic to our faith and to our walk with Jesus. So this is a really, really big deal in what we're going to be talking about. Um, So you learning how to read the Bible and putting that into practice will radically transform your life. It will change your understanding of God. It will change your understanding of who you are. It will change your understanding of God's character, of God's purpose. It will change literally everything about your life. It has that much of an impact. It will radically transform you and who you are. Um, and the reason why I say that that with such certainty is because that's what happened to me. So I was, if you're a church kid, like that was me, all right? Grew up in church, had 1,700 Bibles in my house, big, small, all different versions. Um, went to church all the time. Grew up like quoting God's word, being taught God's word. But there was a disconnect there of it being up here and me maybe knowing some things that, got, that the Bible said. But it, what, it hadn't taken root really in my life and in my heart. And so all of that changed for me when I was in eighth grade because I had a, and, and when we talk about how important your small group leaders are, this is one of the reasons why. Because in eighth grade, I had my small group leader at church say, hey, dude, let's, let's read through the Bible over the next year, you and me. So we'll read it independently of each other. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll help you come up with a plan of, of what that looks like. And then every week when we get together, we're going to just talk about it. So for me, as an eighth grade kid that's like, dude, I don't understand this. This seems so, you know, so big and overwhelming. And he's helping walk me through what that looks like. And God used that time over the next year to begin to change my faith. That I found that it was not just me believing it because mom and dad told me I should. But now it's something that I'm, I'm reading about. And then I'm watching God speak to me and do things in my life that's backing up what I'm reading. And so no longer was it about me just reading these things and going, okay, that's, that's kind of cool. I guess maybe that has some relevance to my life. But then starting to really dive in and having God speak to it. And now the experience that I'm having is backing up what I'm reading about. And it changed everything for me. And I could go give you a long list of things where moments in my life where I spent time reading God's word and spending time with him and how God used those moments to shape my faith to the point that I say that one thing more than anything else has shaped who I am today. Like there's a lot of different things that God has done, but it's me learning how to read God's word and spend time in that and having God speak to me that has changed and transformed who I am today. So I want to help you guys do that. All right, so here's, here's kind of an overview. If you start and take notes, this is where your notes begin. All right, so if, if you care about a little bit of backstory history, here you go. We'll go through this pretty quick. So there's 66 books in the Bible. All right, Old Testament The Bible, if you don't know anything, is made up of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay? So the Old Testament, there are 39 books in the Old Testament, which starts with Genesis, God creating the world, and then through the the history of the Israelite people and God leading the Israelite people, um, all the way up to some prophets and foreshadowing, ultimately, what's going to happen in the New Testament. All right? So then the New Testament picks up with the life of Jesus. Alright, and that 's those go- the Gospels and then the book of Acts is all about the, the early church starting and how Christianity spread throughout the world and then it finishes up with a lot of the writings that that Paul and others wrote to the different churches in that time, and then finishes up with revelation, which is how the the world 's going to end right and and where, what our future looks like all right so it is it has the beginning starts at the beginning, and the end starts at, you know ends at the end, but there 's a whole lot of stuff in between that now. The old, the um, it was written by, here's, here's what's amazing. It was written by 40 different people over 1,600 years. So 40 different people wrote the old, old and New Testament over a period of 1,600 years. Some were kings, some were commoners, philosophers, fishermen, physicians, scholars, poets, and farmers. All right, so literally every walk of life, different backstories, different communities, different cultures, Obviously, different time periods if you're talking 1,600 years. So God used a variety of different people to write the Bible over that period of time. Now, one of the things that I love about, that that I think in, in part proves that the Bible can be trustworthy, and we don't have time to get into that as much as I wish we did, is, is that even though there were 40 different writers, there is a continuity. That If you read it, it all connects together. And sometimes you read it and you're like, what the heck does that even mean? Why is that even in here? It's just so random and weird. But all of it from beginning to end all connects together. And it was written by 40 different people over 1,600 years. So that's part of the amazement, the continuity, which which shows that it can be trusted. So here's the thing. It's not an independent collection of books, but each book is like a chapter of a larger book. So even though each book is different, it's a part of a bigger story. It is from beginning to end the story of God. So in your notes, the Bible is not human's opinion of God. All right, that's not what the Bible is. It's not human's opinion of God. It is God's story of himself and using human beings to write it, which is a huge difference. Because sometimes you read it and you're like, all right, that's just man's opinion. Why should I even take him at his word? But it's not man's opinion of who God is. It's God declaring who he is and telling the story of himself through humans to write it. All right, so that's what makes it so powerful. Now, why is the Bible so important? All right, this is where we get into it. What's the big deal? Why does this need to be such an important part of my life? There's four things that that I narrowed it down to, all right? 2 Timothy 3 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So if that's true, if you want to live the Christian life, you want to be who God's called you to be, you want to understand God, you can't do that apart from the Bible. The Bible helps us understand more about what that looks like. So the first thing, it, the, the reason why the Bible is important is that it helps us know God. It helps us know God. If, if the Bible is the story of himself, then it helps us understand who God is, understand his character, understand his plan, understand his purposes. And if sometimes there's a disconnect from us between what we believe about God and what the truth actually is, then a lot of times it's because we haven't understood what God's word says. So we form our own opinions, we form our own ideas, and a lot of times if we do that, that gets us into trouble because we assume that God doesn't care about us. We assume that God doesn't want to meet our needs. We assume that God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for us. We assume that God doesn't love us or other things about his character. And it, gets, it leads us off track. But spending time in the Bible helps us to know God. So to know God, we have to know his commandments. And the Bible gives us a picture of what that looks like. So the more time we spend in the Bible, the more we will understand and know God's plan and God's character and who he is. So here's the second thing. It helps us overcome temptation. My time's up. It helps us overcome temptation. Psalm 119.11, here's what it says. It says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So sometimes, and let's not say sometimes, every day, we're tempted to do our own thing. We're tempted to disobey God. We're tempted to blaze our own trail. We're tempted to listen to what other people are telling us that we should do or the way that we should live. And so often we are tempted to, by the enemy to do things that are opposite of what God has for us, and God's word helps kind of keep us focused when those when those temptations come. It helps remind us of who we are, and when the enemy is is telling lies about you, whispering lies in your ear, when somebody's coming, hey, saying, hey, let's go do this, then the Bible is a reminder for us, and helps us overcome temptation. You guys know when um, in in the book of. Um, John, when, um, when Jesus is, actually Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is led into the wilderness by, um, by Satan, and Satan starts tempting Jesus with all these things, what is it that Jesus does to combat that? He starts quoting scripture. Jesus, who is the word, and the word became flesh, so he is the Bible. He started quoting scripture at the devil, at Satan, in the midst of temptation. And after that fourth temptation, as Jesus stood his ground and quoted scripture at him, it said the devil fled away from, and left him. So for us, when you find yourself in moments and situations where you are tempted and led off of where God, how God wants you to, to live, knowing God's word helps us overcome that. I can't tell you how many times when I've been tempted by things that my flesh wants, and I'm like, man, that looks attractive. Man, I really want that. Man, it would be so easy. Man, no one would really even know. And I'm tempted by those things that you and I are always tempted by. How many times that, that God will allow a verse to pop into my head that I will use to remind myself of who I am, to remind myself of how God's called me to live, to remind myself that God helps me overcome the temptation that I'm facing. And that's powerful for us in moments where we're like, man, I'm not really sure what to do or it seems too too big to overcome. It helps us overcome temptation. Here's the third thing. It gives us wisdom for every situation. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So anybody ever felt unsure about a decision you've got to make in your life? Anybody felt like, man, I've got a decision to make and I feel like this is too big for me to make on my own? I'm not really, I'm so confused, I'm so overwhelmed by this decision, whether it be college, whether it be who to date, whether it be whatever it may be, right? I mean, all of us face that. And the amazing thing about God's word is that it gives us wisdom for every single situation. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, it says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart, and if you do this, You will live many years and your life will be satisfying. There's a promise that's tied to that, that when we hide God's commands in our heart, that there is wisdom that is given to us that allows us to know what decisions to make in those situations that we face. Now, there's not gonna be a verse in the Bible that tells you whether or not you should go to class or not. All right, you should. Or a verse that tells you whether or not you should go to the party with everybody else. All right, you shouldn't, right? There's not specific verses like that. Hey, you should not do this um, or should do this. But there are, generally speaking, there are are guidelines and principles and wisdom that God's commands give us that kind of keeps us on the path, right? It's almost like guardrails that keeps us on the road and, and the path that God has for us. So it gives us wisdom for every situation. Um, I'll give you a perfect example of this. So, and I, I think I've told this story before. So I was in college, wanted to be a rock star, right, do the music thing, um, but I sucked. I wasn't very good, um, but I thought I was. All right, so we, we had this band thing, and we were doing, one summer, we had these, these camps and stuff that we were going to do. And so there was a, a camp in Texas that opened up for us to go and lead worship at. And so we were all like, yeah, let's do it, whatever. And so I went to my work, my work said, hey, I'm sorry, I can't let you off that, that week. You're not going to be able to go, and so I'm like, "Oh well, I got a job. I need money. That stuff's important." So I call my band buddies. I'm like, "Hey, we we're not going to be able to do that week because I got a job. I can't get off." So called the camp, said, "No, never mind." So literally the next morning, I'm spending time. I'm reading, and I'm reading a my utmost first highest, which is phenomenal, and uh, and I'm reading that, and the the verse it's based on is Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. And so I'm sitting there reading it, and and audible, almost audible voice, and God is saying, Todd, you're not seeking my kingdom first. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're more worried about your job and having money and being responsible and having a plan for the summer and that kind of thing. He said, I want you to go to that camp in Texas. And so then, of course, like we do, I'm like, God, you don't understand. I can't do that. I've got a job. You know how much money I've got to make. I've got a car insurance. I've got a car payment. I've got to do all this stuff. God, I can't do it. And so, like, no matter how many excuses I laid out, it was like Moses, right, back and forth. And God's like, I don't care about your excuses. I want you to go. Are you willing to seek my kingdom above all else? And so after this back and forth, and I knew it was a losing battle, and finally I finally said, all right, fine, I'll go. And I get on my knees, and I'm like, all right, God, I'll trust you, and I'm going to do this. So I called Call my band buddies. Hey, call the church. We'll go. Go to go to that later that day. Back to my supervisor at work. Hey, listen. I know you said I can't get off. This is really important. I need to get off. And she said, "I'm sorry. I can't let you do it." And so I took a deep breath and I said, "Then I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to resign because I-, I can't explain it to you. It feels irresponsible, but I feel like I need to be there." So I walk out of there, turning in my two week notice, and I'm like, "All right, God, this better freaking work out because I just quit my job, right?" So. A couple months later, we go to the camp. ends up being an amazing week. And that's the camp that I met my wife at. Now, you, you tell me, I look back on that and I'm like, all those what if scenarios. But I knew that God was calling me to something. And God gave me wisdom for that situation that I was in. And then it was up to me, God, am I going to trust you? Am I gonna, willing to walk in obedience? Or am I going to do my own thing? And I think through like, man, what if? I'd be some single pathetic man today. No, not really. Um, Maybe, I don't know. But I would have missed the best thing that's ever happened in my life, right? So God gives us wisdom for every situation. That's a really, really big deal. All right, last thing. Fourth thing, it protects us against lies. It protects us against lies. Here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to stand up. Stand up. You're, some of you are falling asleep anyway, so this will be good for you. I want you to stand up. Close, everybody close your eyes. And I want you to point in the direction that you think is north. Don't look. Don't cheat. Just point in the direction with your eyes closed which direction you think is north. All right, now keep pointing, but open your eyes and look around. You guys are some confused people. All right. So I don't have my bearing. I need to pull out a compass. I think north is that way. So if you said that general direction, then pat yourselves on the back. You're not directionally challenged. All right. Grab a seat. All right. Now listen to me. There it is. We just got, so right over there, all right? So if you're pointing, if you're pointing that direction, then you were, you guessed it right. Everybody else, you failed, all right? Now listen, here's the deal. You guys were a confused bunch of people because you didn't know which direction north was. (laughs) Except for some of you really brilliant ones. Now here's the application for that. When we don't know what truth is, then we're susceptible to all kinds of lies, right? When we don't know what direction, if you ever got lost in the woods and you're like, hey, I'm just supposed to head north, and you don't know what direction north is, you're in trouble. And you may be going in the right direction, you may be going in the wrong direction, but you don't know because you don't know which direction is north. And the same is true when it comes to God's word. When we don't know what God's word says, God's word is like a compass, and it points us in the direction that we're supposed to head with our lives. And when you and I don't know what the compass says, then we're susceptible to be led all over the place. And we may think that we're gonna turn out okay, we may, be think, we may think that we're heading down the right path, but then we get to the end of the road, and then we realize, man, I'm not heading in the right direction. And in a lot of cases, it's not too late, but we've created a lot of, a, a huge mess. And it's, it takes that much more effort to then turn around and find the right direction. And so that's the importance of God's word is that it keeps us from being susceptible to lies and being led astray. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15, here's what Paul says. He says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed back and forth by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And I will make a guarantee to you, based on what I know and understand and believe about God and his word, that if you will spend time reading God's word, that God will speak to you. And as long as you are doing that and you are opening yourself up to being led by God, you will never be going in the wrong direction. God will lead you and he will guide your heart and he will guide the decisions that you're gonna be making. And when the enemy comes along and tries to put, plant lies or seeds of doubt in your mind, then you will know, no, I'm on the right path and I'm con- gonna continue to trust God. All right, so those are the four reasons why the is so important. Now, how do we actually go about doing this? How do we read the Bible? How do we study the Bible? How do we get o- overcome some of those obstacles and barriers that you guys had, had admitted to early on? here 's just some practical things all right, that i would that I would give to you, and none of this may be revolutionary and i 'd be happy to go into to greater detail talk to you and help you out a little bit more but here 's just a couple of things to help guide you first, find a quiet place find a quiet place if you want to hear God speak to you you 've got to be willing to turn out the noise right so you having the Bible on your lap while you 're playing video games or Like, you know, on scrolling Instagram, but having the Bible in your other hand is just distracting. Like, you're not going to get anything out of that, all right? Or, you know, you out in the open at your house when, you know, your brother is screaming and yelling, or your mom's yelling at you, or, you know, whatever the craziness, whatever your house looks like, um, which is my house a lot of times, right? My kids just run around crazy. I'm like, shut up. So it's impossible for me. to, to do that while my kids are running circles around the couch that I'm sitting on, right, and smacking me with a pillow. So you've got to be willing to find a quiet place. Get off by yourself, turn the TV off, cut out the noise, because God speaks to us a lot of times in those quiet moments. And if we're not willing to tune out the distractions and allow our heart to be quiet and settle before God and just open ourselves up to God, then we're going to miss that voice when God wants to speak to us. All right, so find a quiet place. Here's the second thing, and this this has been huge for me. Ask God to speak to you. Here's what I would say going forward. Before you ever pick up the Bible ever again and start reading it by yourself or even in a service or whatever, never start reading it until you've asked God to speak to you. And it doesn't have to be like this long, drawn-out thing. But if God's word can transform our heart, then we are desperate for God to speak to us. And and we've got to be willing to ask him. Right? Our whole time that we're about to be spent is going to be dependent on God speaking to us. Because otherwise we have what, what some of you guys said about, man, I read it and I'm like, what the heck did I just read? Right? And we've all been there. And either it's because we're distracted and we're th- our mind's on other things and we need to kind of tune out the noise and, ask, and sometimes asking God to speak to us enables the Holy Spirit to tune out that other stuff that's on our heart and our mind and allows us just to focus our attention on what God wants to say to us. That is huge. That has changed my time with God. God, I, right now before I read this, I need you to speak to me. God, what I'm going to deal with today, the decisions I'm going to have to make, God, it is imperative that I hear what you have to say to me today. And just asking God to open up our hearts and minds is huge. Um, I I read a, um, a verse today, actually, Proverbs 20, 12. It says, ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. So ears to hear and eyes to see are gifts from God. So ask God to give you those gifts. God, open my eyes to see and my ears to hear before I read. So I ask God to speak to you. Third thing, read it every day. All right, now this is where it comes into like the whole discipline thing, all right? If, if you're trying out for sport, if you, you know, wanna be good at anything, it takes discipline, it takes practice, it takes effort, it takes work. And we're willing to do that on the field, we're willing to do that in whatever we're passionate about, we're willing to do that in whatever extracurricular activity that we know that requires that. Why is it that we're so unwilling to do that when it comes to God's word? So whatever it is, 21 days, you know, forms a habit in your life. So if you can just say, all right, I'm going to force myself, all right? And that sounds guilt, like, oh, my gosh, I have to force myself. But look, we're, I've been there, all right? We've all been there. We're like, I don't really feel like doing that. It would be a whole lot easier just to scroll Instagram right now or, you know, watch Netflix flicks, or whatever, Netflix. Um, that would be a whole lot easier. So sometimes we've got to say, all right, tune out the noise, I'm going to make a decision right now to spend 10 or 15 minutes and read God's word alright and so sometimes it's a daily decision that we've got to be willing to make now if you miss a day, don't beat yourself up, alright don't be like, oh my gosh, it's hopeless I can, I can never do this alright, don't do any of that stuff alright So, but here's the thing God wants to speak to you every single day, every day Every single day, God has something to say to you and me. So if the God of the universe, the creator, wants to say something to us, if you, if you have that mindset and that idea, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, man, there's a whole lot of value to that. So I can, I can come back to my text messages. I can come back to whatever's going on on social media or whatever in 15 minutes. But right now, God, I need you to speak to me because I know you want to, and I want to hear from you. So do it every day. Here's the last one. Take notes on what you hear. Take notes on what you hear. Now this may seem super lame, especially for us guys in the room. You're like, "What do you mean? I gotta have a journal or like a diary?" Dear diary, today God told me. Right? It seems lame and weird. Um, Some of you, you ladies, may do that, and that's great. Um, When I started journaling or writing out, I'm not gonna call it diarying. (laughs) Diarying. When I just started writing out what God was saying to me, all right? Number one, it helped kind of put those things more and then just like, I found myself not forgetting later in the day, right? Because I spent more time writing it out. The other thing is, it's been powerful for me to go back years later and read those things that I've been writing and go, man, I remember that. Man, that was powerful that day. I remember what I was thinking that day when I wrote that out. So whether it's a, I mean, you can write out whatever question that you may have, whatever verse stands out to you, what is it that you may feel like it, you know, challenges you the most, how does that apply to your life, all of those kind of things. Let me give you a real easy method to be able to do this. All right, it's called SOAP. Some of you guys may have heard of this. Um, some of you may have it, but it's super easy, all right? SOAP is an acronym. So it stands for, uh, first thing is scripture. So if you're reading, whether it's a passage or just one verse, then on that, I want to call it journal entry, whatever, all right, as you're writing out at the top, just write whatever one verse that sticks out to you the most. All right, so write that scripture out. The O stands for observation, all right? What, what is it that you observe that, about that scripture? What is, the, what is that verse saying? Um, wh- you know, what are some things that you feel like it's, it's communicating? What do you feel like God's heart is behind that? What are you observing as you're reading that book, that that verse, all right? And it can be two or three sentences. You're not not writing six pages, all right? So just a couple thoughts, a couple ideas. A stands for um, application. So here's where taking what God's word is saying and applying it to our life. So how does that apply to me today as a 16-year-old getting ready to go to school? What does that look like for me? What's the application for me? What do I, feel? God, how do you want to use this truth and what I'm seeing into my life today? All right? And how does this apply to my life? How can I apply it to my life? And then the P is just prayer. So maybe it's a one sentence, God, help me to do this today. God, give me wisdom on this today. God, help me to understand this about who you are today. So just some simple prayer. And then that becomes something that you think about throughout the rest of the day. All right? Some other some other easy things that you can do. We've got the Simple Truth Bibles over there that, that are great. They're an easy first step if you don't really know where to begin. So that's a great thing because it gives you a, a verse or just a couple of verses. It's one page. It kind of you know, gives you some thoughts about what that verse is meaning. And then you can write about that after if you want to. All right, so we charge a dollar for that really just so that there's, you have to put something towards it, a little bit of effort. If you'll take that tonight and you'll, and you'll start into that, you can take one. I don't care. The purpose of it is to help you guys start spending time with God. All right? Here's the other thing I would say about, about this. Um, is that, and this may go back to like what time of the day. Um, I would encourage you, and this is just my own thoughts, is that you do it first thing in the, in the day. Beginning of the day. Now if you do it, when I first started this, it was at night, every night before I went to bed. And that's fine too, right? There's no wrong time to read God's word. But I found like when I read it before the day, that helps prepare me for what I'm going to experience that day, right? I know that I'm going to have conversations with people that I need God's wisdom to have. I know there's going to be decisions that I'm going to have to make that I can't make alone, right? So spending time with God allows God to shape what that day is going to look like and what he wants to say to me, all right? So that's just kind of a little bit of a tidbit, what I would encourage you to do, all right? So if you want some great starting points, the book of John is a great starting point, um, which is the fourth gospel. First John is amazing. James is very practical. You can start in Psalms or Proverbs. I mean, there's a lot of different starting points. You don't have to start at Genesis 1-1. Please, for the love of Jesus, don't start in Leviticus, All right? Or like some of those, you know, random books that you're like, oh my gosh. And maybe that's why some of you have been like, I don't understand what this is talking about. All right? So, hey, I'll be happy to stick around. I know we got to dismiss. Let me pray for you, and then you guys can head to small groups. God, I pray for these students. God, I pray that you would enable them to overcome these barriers that they were open about at the beginning. God, I thank you for, God, I know that all of it God we all have a desire to to hear you speak to us we want that and God you desire to speak to us and so God I pray whatever things there may be in the way that may be a disconnect between us experiencing that and what your heart is God I pray that you would remove those barriers God I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear that you'd give us understanding God I pray that you would enable us to be disciplined about that to tune out the noise and the distractions God, I pray as we begin to open up your word, God, that you would speak powerfully to us like you've done so many times in my own life. And so, God, I pray that maybe for a lot of these students that tonight may be the beginning of, a, of, of God, years down the road they look and say, man, this is what has transformed their life, of them spending time with you and developing this in their life. And so we trust you to do that, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.